0: everyone. I'm Margie Allenes, and this is Farmher Talks. Thoughtful conversations to connect and inspire the farmher in all of us. It's International Women's Day and March is Women's History Month and as you would expect we're celebrating women and the impact they make in today's world. In the United States there are approximately 1.2 million farmhers and ranchers accounting for 36% of the country's 3.4 million producers. Women are flowing into the agriculture industry at a faster rate than ever before. Hiring women for a job is one thing, but providing the support and ability to rise as leaders and be successful in that space is another. Whether you're in production or professional agriculture, or maybe even both, this podcast is for you. Today, we're talking to Shannon Hough, a woman who leads by example in agriculture by always having a desire to grow and evolve. She supports women every day in her role at Bayer Crop Science as Senior Vice President and Head of Seed Production Innovation and challenges you all to ask, what are you doing to support women? Welcome, Shannon. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. So this the way that we almost always start these off is to talk about your connection in agriculture. So before we even jump into anything else and, and all of the excitement of what we're going to talk about today, can you tell me how you got your start in agriculture?
1: Yeah. So, you know, my story starts that uh, early I was born uh, and raised on a farm in, in Southern Minnesota. So a row crop and livestock operation, And was very active in the farm growing up, uh, both active in 4-H and FFA, Uh, then left the farm really with the idea not to come back to agriculture. But I went to Iowa State University, and if you want to get out of agriculture, that's not a good university. No, no. Your chances
0: are that you're going to get into it by going there for sure.
1: And so uh, I uh, started as a biology major with the idea to go to medical school. And about my junior year in Ames, I had the opportunity to work at ASGRO at that time and uh, worked there for two years as a you know hourly worker and also did my in- internship there. And that internship led me to think, uh, I really want to be back in agriculture. It was an exciting time. So it was at the time that biotechnology was coming to, to the farm and, uh, you know, a real significant shift uh, as well as we think about how farming happened. Uh, in the late 90s uh, with with Rhonda Breddy being the first trait, but certainly that that transition and being at ASGRO, I had the opportunity to really see it firsthand. Uh, And I realized that I wanted to stay in agriculture. So I went on to pursue a master's uh, and doctorate degree at North Dakota State University. And then at that time joined uh, Monsanto right out of graduate school. And here I am nearly 20 years later uh, as a part of Bayer, uh, joined Bayer three years ago through the acquisition uh, of Monsanto.
0: Okay, so isn't it funny how I blink and I don't know where twenty years go? Because I'm sure you feel the same. But it, but it's, um, you know, it, it life is uh, a windy path, right? And so you you now are at Bayer Crop Science. So can you tell me what your current role is today, and kind of what that entails?
1: Yep. So the current role is today. So I've been incredibly lucky. So my 20 years, I'm on my 10th role. I uh, had the opportunity to start in Iowa, which has you know, led me to being here in St. Louis for nearly 13 years now. Um, but my current role is head of seed production innovation. And I lead a team of about 700 scientists in 25 countries around the world. Uh, And our job is to make sure that the seeds we produce get to the farmers. So our job is to take the products that come through our R&D pipeline and make sure that uh, we can produce them and get them to farmers all around the world. Uh, Our team touches 28 different crops. Uh, So when you think about Iowa, you might think about corn and soybean. Uh, But the reality is, is we have corn, soybean, A number of other row crops and 22 different vegetable crops uh, that our team does research to to make sure that we can provide the seeds uh, to those farmers
0: well that is a massive role i want to go back to something that you started this with you said this was your 10th role and in in the interest of what we're going to continue talking about today what do you what do you attribute to having 10 roles while you were there like for example i i go back to my career that i've i've had in crop insurance right and over the course of a little over a decade i had five different roles and i tell people all the time that's because I had my sights constantly set on where I wanted to go and I asked for them. Sometimes I wasn't prepared. Sometimes I was. <laughs> but I would love to hear a little bit about your journey through those different roles. Was that a lot you? Was that uh, help of mentors? Did you have people pushing you? Like, tell me a little bit about how that worked. It
1: was a mix depending on where I was, and it, you know, in my career. Early in my career, you know, tremendous ambition, um, you know, really was always looking forward. Uh, and it became important to me that you had to really deliver first to, to really think about opportunities next. And and so it's always a big piece of feedback I give those who I see early in their career filled with ambition and, and interested and headed headed forward. And, and I think you easily get there. Um, and I tell people, you know, get focused on what you're doing, do it well. And you'll have more opportunities than you know what to do with. And and that was simply what happened to me. I had people who cared about my career as much as I cared about my career. That was first and foremost, very important. It's important in a big company like ours. Uh, You know, Bayer overall is 100,000 employees. We have 36,000 employees in crop science. You need people who care about you. uh, If you're going to make the types of advancements that I've had the opportunity to do. The other thing is, is you had to be willing to take a risk when you saw an opportunity. Uh, you know, in my 10 roles, I did three roles. I really wasn't all that excited to go do. I did them because people in, you know, that I cared about their opinion, you know, really told me that I, there were a lot of opportunities for me to have in that role. Those three roles that I didn't want to do were me. I ended up loving each of them for very different reasons, right? They were hard. They weren't you know, the the roles that everybody desired in our company, Uh, but they were roles that really got me exposure. I was allowed to work on really hard problems. Uh, And I was also able to have some success in that. And so I was willing to take a risk when the opportunity happened. You know, I have people who care about my career and I was ambitious, you know, and so I think it was all of those things that have really, you know, gotten to me where I'm at today. Most of the roles, uh, almost all of them really were roles where you know people reached out to me uh and so I had the opportunity to think about them I will tell you it's important to ask for the job probably the role that changed my career the most was the role that I asked for and it was the role that I was the least qualified for Mm -hmm. but you know at that time my manager and at that time the the individuals who who was in charge of uh, our country uh lead at the time saw that I could could do that so I could you know a lot of times, people will see things in you that you don't see in yourself. Yeah. Um, but but it is important. Ask for the role if you want it. By all means, ask for it. If you don't ask for a role in a company with thirty six thousand employees, you're probably not going to get the opportunity.
0: Well, I I think all of those things that you listed are are extremely important, and it it doesn't happen just one way, right? I think that that's what you've described. Ambition definitely. Uh, Within you probably is one of the most important pieces because otherwise it doesn't push forward and and you don't have that ask and as scary as it can be to ask for those things and as much as we may question are we ready for that if you want it bad enough, and if you care about it enough, you're going to figure it out. And uh, having that support around you is is extremely important, too. So thank you for letting me delve off into that a little bit, because I always think it's interesting to hear when, when I hear that, you know, on average, you've had a, a different role every two years there, at least. That's a lot of movement. That, that's a lot of movement. Okay, so kind of digging into the, the meat of what we're going to talk about today, what difference would you say you see professionally when women leaders are involved in a situation. So if women leaders are at the table, what do you think that that brings to bear as a company or or any company that we're talking about? We make better decisions. Clearly, when we have diverse groups of
1: individuals and certainly women sitting at our leadership tables as a company, we make better decisions. When we make better decisions, we serve our farmer customers better. And ultimately, we, we make more money. Uh, and, you know. And, and when I think about a company like Bayer, at the end of the day, that's our job. Our job is to serve our customers. Uh, and, a, and if we do a good job of that, they'll write a check to us once each year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in agriculture, we get one chance each year to earn the business of our customer. We only plant a crop once per year in Iowa. And so they make a decision once every year who they're going to do business with. Uh, And that's so very important for us uh, to make the right decisions as a company. And I think about the other thing, too. Our company, we sell innovation. That's our business. Innovation is driven when we have diversity. And when we bring diverse groups of people together, including women, we will generate the best innovation. And some examples that we have in our own company, and one of my favorites is um, the launch uh, of the second generation Roundup Ready technology. Uh, It's the the single widest grown technology in soybeans today, broadly licensed in the U.S., also broadly licensed in Latin America. So not only do we sell it as Bayer, but our competitors sell this product as well in in their brands. This technology, so if you look at the final patent for this technology, uh, the four patent holders uh, for this innovation are four women uh, in our company who have... Three of the four have since retired. But when you think about what innovation does in diversity, that's a really exciting story. The single most widely grown soybean technology today uh, was invented by four women at our company. Now, the important thing is hundreds, if not thousands of individuals were involved in bringing that technology to the market. But it started because we have diverse sets of people thinking about how we're going to solve a problem. Uh, and I, that's one of my favorite stories. It's a story that I was part of. I was not one of the foreign innovators, of course. I was one of the people who, who had the opportunity to bring that innovation to the farm gate. Um, but but diversity and in bringing innovation forward is absolutely critically important uh, in all companies and, and our company is no exception.
0: Absolutely. And I, I think that's uh, been tested and test it again, and and we support that 100%, obviously, here at Farm Her and agree with it. So my next question to you, so I think especially in industries like agriculture, where you've traditionally had a lot of men in in a lot of leadership roles, right? Um, having women engaged is one thing, and having them in roles where they can engage is one thing. But then how do you, uh, or how have you uh, at Bear? thought about how you are making sure that they're a part of the conversation, that they're heard, you know, because again, having them there is one thing, but then there's like a cultural shift, I think that has to happen. And it sounds like it has happened there. So I would love to get your perspective on that because it's like these layers that I I try to peel back all the time of understanding how we can really move the dial forward across this industry as a whole.
1: Part of the culture that we've really, and and certainly it's a journey, right? And it takes time to get there, but it starts with, I think you have, you have to have the right balance of leadership support and then a grassroots effort really driving. Um, And we've been able to bring that uh, to our company with really support, you know, starting at the board of management and then a strong support from the grassroots, which is really where the rubber meets the road. Mm -hmm. And for us, it's not only a conversation about diversity, that conversation only occurs because it's diversity and inclusion. Yes. Inclusion is as important as diversity. Having people who are diverse sitting at the table doesn't count if they're not included. And so for us, you know, that, and, and that's the culture we've built. It's a culture of inclusion. And really, frankly, everybody needs to feel included, regardless of your skin color, regardless of your gender. Everybody needs to feel included. And, that, and that's the culture that we've been building. The other thing is that to make sure people see the value of why. You know, and the value of why is we're a better company. We make better decisions. Uh, we, we have better innovations. Um, we have more fun as teams. Uh, when we have diverse teams. And so making sure that everybody can feel and understand the why we do this. Um, But, but it's really, it's about inclusion as much as it is about diversity for us.
0: Exactly. I, I, I love that you, you uh, brought that piece into it because you're exactly right. I mean, it, it can mean so much to feel like you're at that table, but if you don't feel like you can speak up once you're at that table, then it, it's a challenge. and, and these are the things across agriculture, again, that that I think all companies have to continue to kind of peel back the layers of that onion and understand where some of those maybe kind of hidden barriers or those unseen things are right to to be able to pull that forward. It's extremely important. OK, so you said you work not only uh, right here in the U.S. on agriculture, but internationally too. And so can you tell me a little bit about the worldwide difference that you see um, as it relates to women in roles in agriculture?
1: Yeah, so it, it, that's an interesting perspective, right? So if you think about agriculture around the world, um, by and large, Latin America and North America are similar. We have larger, very high-tech uh, farms. Uh, you get into Latin America, they become a little bit, you know, significantly larger, uh, but by and large look the same. Uh, and the types of individuals you act with would be very, very much similar. I a lot of times have an agronomist, uh, partners in the farm, uh, farming operation. Um, But but for me, and it becomes emotionally touching, is the opportunity to see a smallholder farmer. Uh, And those are actually represent the largest share of farming in the world. When you get to Africa uh, and Asia and you have the opportunity to walk on a farm. And, and you got to think about the average farm size is probably the size of a garden here in the US, which is, you know, one to two acres. Uh, but that one to two acres feeds their family for an entire year. Uh, and if they don't produce food, you might imagine what the challenges are, are for them to survive year to year. The other thing is, is that innovation at that farm changes lives. Um, in ways that are, that are unmanaged, uh, hard for us to imagine, you know, growing up in Iowa or in Southern Minnesota. You know, innovation allows them to put roofs on their houses, which, you know, for us isn't, that's not an option, right? All houses have a roof on them. Uh, it allows them to send their children to school um, and get an education that allows them to have an opportunity to live off their farm. And so for me, it's the, the connectivity. And in most of those instances, um, the individual who does the farm work in a smallholder farm is a woman. Uh, so most of the farm labor that occurs in smallholder farms is actually done by, by the women. Uh, and so it's very different. Um, but, you know, I think about I love thinking about innovation on our family farm and what it's done. Uh, And the excitement that that we have when a new innovation comes, whether it's an innovation in seeds or an innovation in equipment, uh, we love to see it on our farm. But our house has a roof and we go we went to a great school Uh, and, and seeing how it changes lives in other parts of the world. For me, you know, that's the motivation to get up every day when I when I think about why do I love my job? I love that I can bring innovation to everybody around the world and really make a difference. And I've been able to see it with my eyes.
0: I love how you've brought that together. It's extremely important that we have that global view, right? Because it is so very different. Uh, while we're all working towards the same thing, maybe it's growing food for our families or our communities or the entire rest of the world. I think that we're all definitely linked together in this. And to to think about how women have that broad role around, around the world is... Uh, extremely important, when especially as we think about how we operate here in the U.S. So, um, back to your position, I think you said you you oversee something around seven hundred scientists around the world, which is a lot of people, and I'm sure there's a lot of women in those roles. Yep. So, knowing that this is at top of mind for you. What are some of the things you do to empower the other women that you work with, whether it be those women who are on your teams or women who are your peers, or maybe in other ways that you operate throughout the industry?
1: So at Bayer, um, we have, you know, internally really focused on gender. So we've committed that by 2025, a third of our leadership teams will be women and by 2030, 50% 50% of our leadership will be women. In some instances, we're far, far ahead. Um, if you look at my organization, um, we are 47% of our leadership uh, women.
0: That's good. Around the world, I right? think that's, the world. Yeah.
1: And it is good, right? Uh, and, and I think, you know, that's one thing as a company, we've said, hey, right, we've got a leadership position right now with what we've done, but we're not where we need to be and we strive to be better, right? We want to be the best innovation on the farm, but we want to be the best at these other things that are important too. And it's about our people. Uh, and so what we've done within Bayer is we've got a number of initiatives where we look to advance uh, and develop women. Uh, and if we're going to really aim high, we've got to have women ready. And so we've, we've internally focused and internally developed uh, women. One example is, Um, We have a local university here, it's WashU, So it's one of the best business schools in the nation. We had partnered early with them in 2015 to bring in-house one of their leadership courses. Uh, And this was women in leadership. So specifically tackling the issues that stop women from entering the leadership ranks. Uh, and, And so we've done that. We've put 240 women through this course and we'll add 60 more this year. And uh, you know, for us, that's the commitment, right? We are—we—we we don't just say that this is important. We double down on our efforts and invest in our people to make sure that they have—they're ready. So that when the call comes, they're ready to take the call, and, and really think about how do how do we make sure that uh, we just aren't focused on advancing people through the ranks, but developing them so that they are the most qualified and that they're ready. Uh, and so that's, you know, that was an example of, you know, it was a personal thing that I did. Uh, I went through the course at WashU. <laughs> I thought it was valuable. And I'm like, you know what, we need to figure out how every woman in our company who chooses right. So some want to be a bench scientist and we need that. Right. Uh, but those women who we feel, and they want to join leadership, how do we make sure that they have access to the best education and the best development opportunities. And that was one example of what we've done internally.
0: And I, I love that example. So I have been on this kick for let's say the last six months or so I went to a conference and I I heard a woman talk and I absolutely out of anything else that I heard there, I took away a few things that she said. And she said, um, in order to be ready to move into leadership positions, women have to have the business and financial acumen. Is the word that she used, right? So you have to, you have to have the ability. You have to have the knowledge to be able to move. Because uh, just being in that position but not having the tools to be successful is is not a win. We always have to pick the best person for the job, right? And so when I look across organizations, I see a lack of women who are ready and. Programs like what you're talking about get right to the heart of the matter. I think if if somebody can uh, hold up hold up a piece of paper in front of your face that tells you that these are some of the things that you need to focus on if this is where you want to go, I don't know why it's not been so clear to me before, <laughs> but I I wish it was. You know, when I was in my early 20s, that it it was a part of what I was thinking about, but. It's taken a long time for me, I guess, to come to that realization, to understand that a little bit more. And it's really exciting to hear a company like Bayer having an opportunity for women to go through a leadership program specifically for them. And there are um, plenty of people out there, we, we get this all the time with FarmHer. Well, why do you need something specific for women? Um, you know, because women can do the same thing that men can do in agriculture, they absolutely can. Hands down. No questions asked. Right. But I do think that when there's something that is specifically made for you, that is welcoming to you and that has peers that support you, it's so much easier to jump in and learn and engage. And so I I assume that these are some of the things that you have seen through this program.
1: Absolutely. And absolutely. Right. And that's, you know, even when I was having the conversation before we brought it in, it's like, why would you do a program like this just for one group of people? And that's the reason why, right. Is you you create this area of comfort zone for individuals to express the challenges. So then you can have a real honest conversation about it. Um, and, and that was the value. We also did this for, as we thought about, um, you know, other cultures and race, and so we had a, cl- a group for them. And you might imagine the conversation becomes different. It becomes, "What's the challenge specific and unique to me, and how can I how can I make sure you have the tools that you're equipped and empowered to do something about it?" Uh, and if I just, you know, we've got to if we're if we're really going to make progress in this area, and we say we're committed to this, we've got to make sure our people are ready. Uh, and this is where we really get focused. And I always say, yeah, I'm with you, Margie, right? Like, when I think of this 20 years ago, but <laughs> I didn't. So at least I thought of it now. <laughs> and we were, we've, you know, we're five years into this journey. Uh, it's been quite remarkable and, and we're not we're not stopping it, right? You know, I would tell you normally if you run a program for five years, you'd move on and do something different. Um, but with this has had such an impact in our company. Uh, if you look at the number of women who've been promoted, who've expanded their roles, who've moved on coming out of this program, uh, it's been easy investment for us. This is a no brainer. Yeah. And so, you know, we're going to, we'll start here again in March and April with another cohort of women who will go through this program.
0: I I love it. And um, just the fact that the company supports that, right. It says a lot, I think to women wanting to join the company and knowing that they have opportunity there and, Let's be completely honest, whether we're talking about women or whether we're talking about ethnically diverse groups or, or whatever that non, non-majority is, right, in, in this industry. Um, a friend of mine, Krista Hardin, the former deputy secretary of agriculture, uh, has said, you know, she made it a point when she was in that role as deputy to hire women, and it's not always the, the most like welcomed point of view, but once you have women who are successful in those roles, it just expands from there. It gains steam, right? Like it just it just broadens out that viewpoint. And so having that base, having you be there, having you be advocating for that, it just spreads like wildfire, I think, when once those things actually take in an organization.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you get this momentum going, right, because you see success and success creates more success. Uh, and, and that's, you know, I think part of our journey is it It, it takes a while to get a spark. Uh, and, and I think what happens with companies is you, you because it takes so long to get the spark and really get going, you give up because you don't have the patience. Uh, and frankly, you would maybe argue you didn't have the time. And so you give up. And You can't, right? You have to keep going because once you get the spark, I mean, you get tremendous momentum, uh, and that's when real change happens. Uh, and it's been a, you know, it's been fun to be part of real change. Uh, like I said, we're not where we want to be. We aim to to go higher. Um, yeah, I hope I'm here in 2030 to to be part of the measurement. Uh, I plan to be here in 2030 to be part of that measurement um, because I'm excited. We made the commitment. Uh, and, and we're going to work really hard to deliver on that commitment because we're a better company when we have diverse minds sitting at our tables.
0: Absolutely. And and there's big challenges out there for us all to solve in agriculture, right? There's, there's a lot of people to feed. There's uh, increasing uh, climate, um, uh, you know, <laughs> intensity, I guess, uh, you know, the climate is changing and there's always less land and m- more mouths, right? And so... Um, there's, there's major, major things to tackle and I, I couldn't agree more. So, um, one of the things that I hear a lot and, and I see it and I understand it, uh, is this notion of the boys club, right. In agriculture. And I think, especially for some younger people, right. When, when you enter into this and you've been in here in this industry a few years and you start to kind of see it and you kind of feel it and, and you maybe understand that different companies do have different cultures. What is your take on the boys club?
1: Well, the boys club is certainly interesting and you see it in different spaces, right? And that's what I've, uh, when this, uh, you know, certainly a common topic we've talked about. And when I started in field sales, right, I lived in Ankeny at the Southwest 25 counties, uh, and I was the only woman on the team as well. Um, I was the boys club, you know, and I argue you know, I said my pedigree was had a stronger representation to be in the boys club than probably most of the boys. You know, I grew up on a farm. Uh, we were an active farming operation, you know, high on innovation, um, went to arguably one of the best schools in agriculture going to Iowa State University um, you know, what What better person to represent the boys club than that pedigree, right? And I was incredibly welcomed. Man, um, I was lucky. And not very many women are that lucky. I could not have picked a better group of men to to be a part of that sales team. I could not have picked a better group of farmers to have worked with. Uh, and that's why I got the opportunity to move on pretty quickly from that role. Uh, it was you know, and I and I say that that I was lucky because that's not everybody's experience. Um, but boy, you know, it was I was a part of the boys club. Now when you move to St. Louis or you get into the corporate piece, then you can kind of feel like, well, I'm not part of that boys club. I might have been a part of the boys club when I was in Iowa. Right. But this is a different kind of boys club. Yeah. And that's and I think that's the challenge, right? There, there's multiple types of boys clubs. Um and so you know, you find your way to get invited. You know, so find the person uh, who sees the value in you being part of the club, uh, and make sure you get your invitation. And I was incredibly lucky uh, again to, to, you know, I think about the top ten people who've influenced my career. There's a couple women that make that top ten list, but there's a lot of men. Yeah, mostly men, uh, and they were all people who invited me, and they saw the value I brought. In getting the opportunity. Uh, and so, yeah, that's the voice club, you know, it doesn't go away. It's something we need to continue to address. And, and as a woman leader in our, or in our, not just our organization, but in our industry, you know, I'm happy to take on that, that challenge.
0: Absolutely. Well, well, somebody has to, right. Because it's an agriculture club at some point, right. Uh, but well, I,
1: I tell people <laughs> if
0: not me, then who? Yeah, it, it, It doesn't change if it doesn't change. And um, you said a few times that you were lucky and and I'm sure that luck was a part of it. But I am also positive that knowing your stuff, that being knowledgeable and being the best person for the job. And a whole lot of hard work and ambition also had a whole lot to do with it. So I'm just going to add to that there uh, and make those assumptions because I'm pretty sure. Uh, but I'm I'm absolutely the same way, right? Like I've, I've had some really great mentors who are men who have pushed me, who have helped open up paths for me. And I look at my role as being important to continue to open up paths for other women because... Um, I have, I, I, I've gotten the opportunity to do so. I've been lucky just like you, but a whole lot of hard work on the backside. And um, I think that's upon all of us who, are, who have that opportunity now, right? How do we continue to open that up for other people? And um, so with that, one of the things that I introduced this with was asking the entire audience uh, a question that, you challenge to people. And that is what are you doing to support women? And I think this is such an important conversation across this industry, right? Like, I I don't know, like I, next time I go to a networking event, I might just have to like drop that bomb on somebody. What are you doing to support women or to support diversity? Like, what are you actually doing? It's an important question. Yeah,
1: it is. Right. And it's important to ask everybody, right? And I think that's the, you know, what are you doing to support? And even, you know, I think about women, but those that are coming behind, right? As I look at my role in the company, my job's no longer to think about where I'm headed. Um, although I like a lot more opportunities, I still have a long time to work at this company and like to think I have a lot more opportunities um, ahead of me. But it's to think about those that come behind me. You know, what have I done to make sure that, you know, I've, created more opportunities for them. Uh, you know, I, I am the executive sponsor within Bayer uh, for our women's network. It's called Growing Representation and Opportunities for Women. This incro- involves thousands. Uh, and I always tell people, we're not a coffee club. We're here to change this company. Uh, and, you know, our focus is on the advancement and development of women. Uh, and it's a business metric. Right. We care about this as much as we care about hitting our sales numbers, delivering sustainable operations um, and making sure that we create an environment and a great place for everybody to work, including women. And so when I think about what am I doing for women, uh, that's what I do for women in, in my company. And the other thing is, is when I think about diversity and inclusion in this conversation, you know, this isn't something we all need to compete with. Um, This is something as an industry that we should find value in coming together in. Um, Our companies, all of our companies, our industry will be better when everybody's voice is heard. Uh, And ultimately, when you think about our industry, our our industry is to deliver food. 86% of the purchases done at retail today are done by women. If we're going to connect with 86% of the purchases that happen in retail then we need to make sure that those voices are represented when our industry is needs to 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 matter most and so i think that for me it's this isn't something we we compete on a lot of other things <laughs> and we should um, but when it but when it comes to to thinking about diversity and inclusion i think there's a lot of opportunity for us to come together
0: absolutely I love all of this. I I need to go back and well anyone can find it out on our website when we when we put this podcast out because it these are all great words to to carry forward with, I think, especially as we think about Women's History Month and as we think about how important women are, always have been and are continuing to grow in this industry. And with the challenge of of that we all have ahead of us of there's there's always more people to feed. And it and it is going to take a diverse mindset and um, a broad thought process to get us there. So uh, that has been good. So I'm going to finish this up with a question that I am asking everybody as we go through this year. We've had a a, a bit of a focus on sustainability, and that is a hot topic in agriculture. That that's a hot topic everywhere. Yeah, you look in a, any industry, I think that there's a version of sustainability discussions going on, and. Honestly, for me, it's been a little bit of a challenge to wrap my mind around what that means to to a company versus to a farmer versus a consumer. And and it is such a broad thing. So at FarmHer, what we decided to do was break it down and ask people what sustainability means to them personally. I'm not talking about specifically to agriculture, but I think it helps me start to understand the meaning of sustainability when I start to talk about what that means to each and every one of us personally. So all of us at the FarmHer team have, have gone through this and and, and talked about what, what does sustainability mean to them? What what carries them forward and will continue to carry them forward in their personal life? And I think this is important as women too to have this conversation. So- No, what, that's, that's
1: what, good, right? And sustainability is big. Uh, I'm accountable for making sure our operations are sustainable. Uh, so I think about it a lot and how we're gonna measure ourselves. But, and personally, I think about it too. And this is interesting right so i still am connected to a farming operation we actually have sweet corn sweet corn and livestock on our own uh farm here outside of st louis and so when i explain sustainability to people who you know might never been on a farm uh you know for me i, I tell them sustainability is easy it's farming next year right um in and, and, and farmers have the most to lose if if their operations are not sustainable. Uh, Farmers today are doing a lot. A lot of things they're not getting credit for. Uh, And part of it's, I think, that the fact that they're missing from the conversation uh, as well. But that's simple for me, right? It's getting the opportunity to do this again next year. It's getting the opportunity to put a crop in the ground, do it better than I did last year. Uh, And that's really simply what sustainability means, uh, means to us on our farm as an individual.
0: Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's kind of the same discussion. How are you going to be here next year? And how are you going to continue to put all the things in the world that, that you do and, and keep, someone explained it as keeping all the balls that they have in the air in the air. And uh, that's no different than than what you need to do on the farm, right? And how you uh, maybe get rid of one of those balls and, and keep everything going so you can keep being more efficient and more effective, so... Um, I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Shannon. It has been a pleasure to learn more about you and your professional role and the change that you are a part of of making for women at Bayer. So it's been an inspiration and I hope is a a good uh, refresher for everyone out there to be thinking about what are you all doing to support women, to help advance women in this industry. So thank you.
1: Thank you, Margie and the absolute joy to be part of the show.